Good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Uh, good uh, thought of what's coming up this week. Uh, we've set aside a day to celebrate the birth of Jesus. You know, uh, a lot of us understand Christmas and gifts and Santa Claus and all that wonderful stuff. Uh, uh, but we have something uh, even more special, the birth of our Savior, uh, that we think about this week. Uh, I'm glad to know that I can call Him my Savior. I'm glad to know that I can... Uh, Say that He saved me. I hope that during this Christmas holiday that you can think about the birth of Jesus and say, that's where it started. That's where I had a Savior come into the world that saved me with His death. If you have your Bibles uh, this morning, we'll be in the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 2, at verse 10, chapter, excuse me, Matthew, chapter 2, verse 10. And when you get to Matthew chapter 2, verse 10, if you would please stand to pay reverence to the reading of the Word of God. You're already standing, I thank you. Matthew chapter 2, uh, verse 10, uh, the Word of God says this. It says, And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come unto, into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down, and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures... They presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for allowing us to come together here this morning. We thank you for this Christmas holiday. Lord, I pray that you'll be with every home. Uh, you'll be with every ailment, Lord. You'll be with every family, Lord, as they go through difficult times and joyful times. Lord, I, I thank you for the blessings that you've given each and one of the ones that are here and represented here. Lord, we heard so many uh, uh, praise reports of uh, good things happening in different homes. Lord, I, I thank you for the many blessings that you've watched and gave this community and this church. Lord, continue to give us uh, uh, blessings. Lord, continue to watch over us. Lead God and direct, Lord. We just pray that everything that we do this morning will be in accordance with Thy will. In Jesus' name I ask, amen. You can be uh, seated uh, this morning. Now, uh, in Matthew uh, chapter 2, uh, uh, most of us know the uh, uh, story of the birth of Jesus. And uh, I try not to uh, preach events or preach uh, uh, things going on. It just happens sometimes. And, you know, I'm very blessed to be able to preach uh, this morning on this particular subject. Uh, we even uh, sort of halfway discussed it in our Sunday school lesson a little bit uh, on these gifts. We didn't touch on it too much, and I'm glad uh, because that sort of the meat of the message this morning. But in Matthew chapter 2, verse 10, we, we see the wise men, and we see the wise men present Jesus. Uh, with gifts. Now at Christmas time, uh, uh, everybody likes to try to get everybody the perfect gift, uh, especially somebody that you're close to. You, you try to acquire and get something uh, that will bring joy, that will bring happiness. We'll spend hours uh, researching uh, what it is they like. Uh, and we'll spend months saving money uh, to be able to purchase uh, that perfect gift. Uh, we want to be able to give that person that gift and their, their face just light up with joy. Uh, we like to see those things. Most of us do. Uh, uh, but so many times uh, we give people gifts that we think are so valuable. They, we think they're so perfect. Uh, but in the end, uh, a few months later, those gifts are gathering dust. Now, how many times have you been given something that the other person thought it was just a perfect gift for you, and you got it and you said, Wow, I don't know if I'll ever use this. Uh, 
and you may put it on a shelf. Uh, you may even get it out of the box so the next time they're at your house, uh, you th they think that you're, getting, you're using what you gave them as a gift. Now, uh, so many times they, they, they gather dust, uh, or even worse, they, they take your gift and they sell it, and you never know nothing about it, even though you, you thought it was a perfect gift, or, or heaven forbid, they give it to somebody else and re-gift it. Now, I, my wife's the king of regifting things. I'm telling you right now. My wife's good at it. She's trying to tell me not to tell you, but if you give her something, she's just kind of like, hey, this is great. Uh, she loved to give somebody else for their birthday. Okay? And, and I, I do the same thing. She's back there thinking, why did you tell people that? Hey, uh, we probably have all done it. Uh, we get gifts sometimes that other people think is just so nice, uh, so great, and, and so grander, uh, they really don't mean anything to us. Uh, and we spend that time, that effort, that money, uh, and different things. I mean, I'll go ahead and tell you, my wife and I, I decided she didn't decide this. Uh, but a couple of years ago, I decided, she's probably thinking, why are you telling this story? I decided, I said, there ain't no sense in you buying me anything for Christmas, and there ain't no sense in me buying you nothing for Christmas. I ain't going to get you nothing for your birthdays no more. Valentine's Day rolls around. I, we might go out to eat, but I ain't buying you nothing. My anniversary rolls around. She's probably thinking, I didn't realize I got into all this. And anniversary rolls around. We might go on a trip, but that'd be about it. I ain't buying you anything for any of those things. And what I was trying to tell her is a lot of times we get things for each other. I didn't really want what she got me. <laughs> and I'll get her things and I'll give them to her, and she didn't really have no use for them. And over the years, I can only recall just a handful of gifts. I'm 32 years old. A handful of gifts that meant so much to me that I still use them. So we've decided to quit doing that. That may seem weird to y'all, but I love it. I love it. All I got to do is worry about my kids. Now, I can get toys that will light them kids' faces up, but I didn't give up on making her face light up with all kinds of different gifts. If she wants something, she'll go back. If I want something... I'm going to go back. And don't try to guess uh, the size of pants that I wear or the t-shirts that I want to wear or, or, or different things or fishing rods. Hey, I know what I like. Let me buy them myself. Now, we try to do those gifts and we buy things for people thinking that they want it or they need it when in fact they don't. We get gifts that people think we need that we do not need. We get little gizmos and gadgets and clothes. Most people do not need the gift that you're going to give them this year. If you're giving somebody something this year, realize they probably don't need it. Okay? I have closets full of stuff, a garage full of stuff, I got cars full of stuff that I thought that I needed or people thought that I needed that I didn't. Jesus did not need the gifts that the wise men brought him that, that day. Y'all realize that? Now there's three gifts that was given. But Jesus did not need the gifts that the wise men gave to him that day. But those gifts can mean and symbolize so many things. And there's a lot of opinions about what gold, frankincense, and myrrh, why they were given, how they were given, what could Jesus do with them, what could his family do with them. And let's take just a little bit of time about what uh, the wise men gave Jesus as a gift there at, at, at that time. And really think about what they mean. The first thing we're going to look at is that they gave him gold. 
Now gold, obviously everybody in here, if you think, Zach, if you want to give me gold for Christmas, uh, you go right ahead. <laughs> Most of you are going to say, yeah, I bet you there'd be a line. If we put on that sign out there next to the road, free gold this Sunday uh, from the pastor, how many do you think would show up uh, to come get free gold? Now, most people understand that gold is valuable. It's been valuable since the very beginning of the creation of man. Uh, it was something they could find in a creek bank, pick it up. Uh, it was easily formed. It didn't tarnish. Uh, it held its shape well. It was something that just had a lot of value. Hey, almost the whole, our economy, Fort Knox, uh, uh, holding all that gold for, the, for our U.S. and United States, uh, all of our money's focused on that. It's valuable. And we all understand the value of gold. It's been used as currency, as money, since as early as 700 B.C. They were forming gold coins. Now, it's been valuable. It could have been valuable to raising Jesus. We can stand back and say, yes, uh, what a genius gift for the wise men to bring. Uh, I, I believe that old Mary and old Joseph, uh, uh, they probably didn't have a whole lot. Uh, they probably didn't have a whole lot of money. You say, what a blessing uh, uh, for the wise men to give Jesus gold. Uh, now, a little old child, uh, uh, him being under two years old maximum, uh, uh, he's a little child. He can't do anything with gold, okay? Uh, but I could give you gold as a little child, uh, and the mamas and daddies could use it to raise that child uh, to to feed that child, to take care of that child. So you can stand back and say, my goodness, at the blessings that gold could be to Mary and Joseph. There was a lot of opinions, and there still is a lot of opinions, that it was common for when kings had children, when the, children's, when the, oldest, when the son was born, the firstborn son especially, they would bring him gold. And that was the symbolism that time of his kingship. He would be king soon. And that's a really nice thought process. And I don't know for certain if it was going on in Jesus' time or not, uh, but what a nice thought to think that they were bringing that gold uh, to symbolize the kingship that Jesus would have. I'm glad today that when those wise men brought the gold, it was something that was associated with royalty. It was something that... They set apart and showed this is Jesus. Uh, if we think about how the gift correlates to how, how, what Jesus represents, uh, what value Jesus brought into this world. A precious, priceless, most valuable thing that we've ever had was given gold by those three wise men. The next thing uh, that we see given to Jesus is we see gold, and the next thing that we see is something called frankincense. Now, uh, most people, if you don't read what frankincense is, and I have a hard time understanding exactly what frankincense is, but it, it's pretty much a, a highly valuable item, just like gold, uh, uh, but it's used in fragrances, uh, and it's also used as a disinfectant at this time. Uh, you could clean certain areas. Uh, you could take care of where little baby Jesus was at, uh, he would be in a clean place uh, and it'd also be something that was valuable uh, uh, for Mary and Joseph to have. Uh, it had many uses, it had sweet smells, uh, it had fragrances. Uh, uh, most people don't realize that frankincense uh, was also used in Exodus chapter 30 verse 34 as a perfume of the sanctuary. Uh, the sanctuary of God, the perfume that was in there that was used, uh, a part of it was frankincense. 
sense, the smell of the sanctuary would be on baby Jesus. Praise the Lord. He had a kingship about him and he was a precious little baby, perfect, very valuable. He also had the smell, praise the Lord, of the presence of God on him, even as a small child. I'm so thankful today that he had that in Leviticus chapter 2, it shows us that as the meat offering was brought. Now every time that you had to bring forth a sin offering, a part of the sin offering was a meat offering that had to be brought. If you look at Leviticus chapter 2, when they brought in that stuff, that old meat offering, guess what was part of the offering they had to bring before the priest? It was a part of frankincense. had to be a part of it. It had to be a little bit of the symbolism of forgiveness. Son, if you don't go sit down, I'm going to wear you out after church. Now, it has to be perfect Jesus Christ. He is frankincense. He is that forgiveness. He is the smell of the sanctuary. He is that perfect meat offering that has forgiven our sins. It was also with the showbread. If you look at the showbread that was set up in the temple, there was showbread on the outside walls of the temple where the Gentiles kind of hung out, where the women got to hang out that were Jewish. The Gentiles were outside the wall, just a little ways. Inside the wall were the Jewish women and some of the people that had sinful lives what have you, but uh, outside there was showbread. It was put on display. You could take of it. It was a blessing. It was a thing that you could see. But out there with the showbread was frankincense. Out there on the very outermost wall. And to understand that He was the smell of a sanctuary. He was the forgiveness of sins with that sin offering. He was also including everybody because it was outside the walls and on the very edge. All that symbolism can mean so much to us. And the disinfecting, it was also something that could clean. My goodness. If you don't realize how much Jesus has cleaned you up if you're saved this morning. Frankincense being that symbolism of being a, a cleaning agent. I'm glad today that He cleaned me up from top to bottom. I'm glad that He's cleaned you up. I'm glad that if you ain't saved today, He wants to clean you up. He wants to be that disinfectant in your lives. He gave, they were given gold, they were given frankincense, and the third thing that they were given by the wise men is they were given myrrh. Now if you read uh, what myrrh is and study up on that, it comes from the same geographical area that you get frankincense. Frankincense and myrrh are, are, are harvested in the same areas. It's also very valuable, praise the Lord. They didn't bring them nothing that was cheap. They brought them something that was expensive and nice. It was used in fragrances, fragrances just as frankincense was. But the next part about myrrh is it had medicinal purposes. Myrrh could be used as a topical way of pain relief. Myrrh could be, I'm going to say it again to you, church. Myrrh could be used as a way of pain relief. If you've got pain in your life, if you've got overbearing, if you've got aches and pains, I ain't telling you Jesus is going to fix them. If you've got spiritual pains, He will fix those pains. He will make you feel better on the inside. Exodus chapter 30, verses 23 through 25 shows us that myrrh is used as a part of the anointing oil when they consecrated the priest. When the priests were consecrated and they were set apart to serve man. I want you to realize what happened there. They used myrrh as part of the ointment to put on those priests. 
Boy, Jesus, there's more to it than gold, frankincense, and myrrh. There's a value found there in that little old baby. There is a disinfecting, a cleansing part of what Jesus is. And there's also that smell of that sanctuary. And there is a cleansing power from Jesus Christ. Myrrh got rid of the bad thing, a topical painkiller. It was also used in the purification of Queen Esther. If you read Esther, I believe it's around chapter 2, when they uh, cleansed her and purified her, part of that was myrrh. I'm glad that when you look through the Bible, gold, frankincense, and myrrh shows up again and again and has so many uses, so many symbolisms. And when the wise men brought those things, it meant so much. Just as we think, that when we give gifts this holiday season, or, or hopefully you can afford to be able to buy gifts for people and, and have that a, a presence of joy, we're going to try to give them the most valuable thing we can give them. We're going to try to give them as much as we can. We, we set up budgets. Me and my wife did. We said, we're going to spend this much. And guess what we did? We went way past it. Come on, bro. I didn't mean to. That's right. We look at a gift and we say, well, Jack would love that. And we buy it. We say, Layla would love this, and we buy. We, I'd say, what, this, I wouldn't say my wife would love We don't buy each other gifts. But I'd say, my son would love this and love to play with it. And we had this budget set, and we went way over here on what we planned on spending. Why did we do that? We did that because we want to be able to give gifts that put smiles on our children's faces. Who doesn't? We want to give gifts to each other that makes each other smile as much as we can. We want to be able to do those things. And the characteristics of the gifts of the wise men were what? They were useful. They were precious. There was a symbolism of worship. It ties to biblical purpose. There was so much meaning of what they gave. And they were great gifts. Do y'all realize that? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh were probably the three best gifts that they could possibly... It wasn't happenstance. It was perfection of the wise men. There wasn't no reason to write them down. It could have said, oh, uh, some men gave some gifts and everybody was happy. No, it called out what they brought. It was perfect symbolism. But what value did they bring to a little baby boy? What value? None. I'll tell you, church, the value that it brought to a boy under two years old was nothing. So, was that why do you say that? Historically, they were great gifts, but what would a two-year-old do with a piece of gold? What would a two-year-old do with a disinfectant? What would you say if I gave your child for Christmas five dollars, a bottle of 409, and some cologne? Say, Zach, you're nuts. <laughs> well, thank you. Now you understand what the wise men gave Jesus. Gave him five, I'm not saying he gave him $5, but he gave him something that was worth money. He gave them something as a disinfectant, and he gave them something that smelled wonderful. It doesn't make sense to us. It wouldn't make any sense to you if I gave your child that. It wouldn't make any sense to a lot of us. But for the most part, it doesn't matter much in the whole birth of Jesus. The gifts that were given, and I just broke down for you and spent all that time uh, tying to the gospel, tied to meaningful purposes. They mean nothing. Okay? It was included for us to study. It was included for us to preach. It was included for us to apply and understand. But gold, frankincense, and myrrh is not important 
in the nativity story. Okay? I'm not trying to remove the symbolism. I'm not trying to remove the value or the worship the wise men gave. They were putting themselves in harm's way by not turning in where Jesus was to Herod. They had seen a star so bright and they followed it there to the little town of Bethlehem, a little town, and they found baby Jesus. They found a little, a little child and they gave them these gifts and they turned away and didn't tell Herod where he was at. That's the true purpose of the wise men's gifts. They went there hunting down a little baby boy that Herod wanted to die. And when they got there, they brought gifts. Boy, how many times do we need to change our mindset on how we're thinking this Christmas and how we're thinking and going through things and the thought of the birth of Jesus Christ on what they really mean. I can buy all the gifts in the world. Christmas is a time of giving. We, we all understand it. We all understand the retail structure or, or the purpose of buying each other gifts and, and showing that love and the, and the symbolism of what it is. And you see the gifts uh, that were the wise men's gifts to baby Jesus. Uh, and we have this time set apart here. The wise men no doubt brought great gifts. They did. I like getting good gifts. Y'all hear me? We don't give gifts no more, me and my wife, so i got to get my own. But so many of us, we all enjoy getting good gifts. Now, the good thing is, is that the great gift in this whole story, the great gift in the whole point of the nativity scene, is Jesus. He's that gift. We have three nice gifts that were given by the wise men. We say, whoa, who wouldn't want gold? And after you've explained myrrh frankincense, why wouldn't I want that in my home? Why wouldn't we want some of these things that used to fill the smell of the sanctuary? It wasn't a disinfectant for Jesus' time. It wasn't a this. wasn't used as a sacrificial part of the atonement. Why wasn't it this? Why wasn't that? We look at those things and we understand gifts. But the greatest gift is Jesus. It's the birth of our Savior. It's the birth of the one that was hung on the cross. It was the birth of the one that raised the dead and healed the blind and made the lame to walk. That is the greatest gift this Christmas season. I don't care what kind of gaming system you can get. I don't care what kind of TV you bought to put in your living room. I don't care how nice of pants you got somebody. If you want to know the greatest gift that can be given this Christmas is the salvation power of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you want to know the greatest thing you can give somebody for Christmas is coming to an old-fashioned altar and crying out to God. Amen. If you want to know the greatest thing you can get your family for Christmas is them knowing that when you die, you are going to heaven. It's knowing when you die, you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. There is no other gift in this world than the day that hopefully one day I'll get to see my boy be saved. He can't give me no other gift. He'll never buy enough ties. He'll never buy enough appliances or tech or goodies. He'll never bake me enough cookies, okay? The greatest thing he'll give me is hopefully seeing him saved one day. The greatest thing my little girl will give me is being saved one day. The greatest gift anybody in this church could ever give me is knowing that you've accepted Christ. Amen. There's nothing better. And praise the Lord, my wife is saved. And she don't have to get me anything else. I know where she's going when she dies, and I can go and be there with her because I hope she knows I'm saved too. Yes, sir. If, you don't, if your spouse don't know that you're saved today, you need to make it right with God today. 
You need to give that gift today. It ain't a gift that you can put on layaway and somebody goes pays off at the Walmart, okay? That ain't some kind of gift you can save up money for. That ain't some kind of gift that loses value. The gift of Jesus Christ is perfect. It is ultimate. And it's the gift, my goodness, I can't give it to you. I've tried so hard to give, you know, over the time that we've been married or dating, we've, we've given each other gifts, and I've tried each time, just one up each Christmas, one up each anniversary, one up, you know. Uh, y'all, y'all guilty too, you don't think I'm crazy. We, we try to do better than we did last year, and I've learned that when we set the stakes too high, hey, next year you got to do better. Each and every Sunday, we come to church, and I'm glad it don't get no more difficult to love the Lord. My gift that's been given to me, which is the gift of God, which is His saving power, was given to me freely. It didn't cost me anything. He gave it to me because He loved me. And He gave it to me, and I still don't understand why I deserved it. You ever got a gift that you looked at and said, I didn't deserve this? I have. We understand those physical gifts that we've been given. He said, something that's homemade by your children, something that's have love poured into it. Some of y'all thinking candy. Okay, I got you. Gifts that give us joy. We love getting those things. Christmas is not about the gifts we give each other. Most of you know that. I know I'm preaching to the choir this morning. I know that most people here, when I say that Christmas is not about the gifts, you say, duh. We've been in church our whole lives. It's about the ultimate perfect gift. A gift that never gets old. A gift that does not tear up. A gift that I cannot lose. It's there with me all the time, even until the end of the world. A gift that when I hold on to it, it's got the same value today that it did when I got it 17 years ago. It's the same gift, same value, same purpose, same perfection. I I can't get rid of it. I can't give it away. I can't re-gift it to somebody else. But praise the Lord, He'll give you the same gift. He wants to give you that same gift. You'll hold on to it until you die. I ain't never gave anybody a gift that they held on to it until they died. That they took it all the way to the grave with them. Holding on to it and saying, this is the most precious thing I've ever got. This gift, I gave some of you gloves and different candies last week. You won't go to the grave holding the low gloves, okay? Don't mean nothing. The true gift this Christmas is Jesus Christ. The true gift this Christmas is the salvation power. I want you to know, if you're lost this morning, the greatest gift you could give this church, the greatest gift you could give your family, the greatest gift this morning is you calling on the name of Jesus. As they get a verse of some song ready this morning, I want you to know that there is no better gift. We've looked at who is Jesus the past three weeks, okay? We've looked at Him being prophecy fulfilled. We've looked at Him being life. We've looked at Him being the joy filler. And this morning, who is Jesus? Jesus is the perfect gift. If you don't realize the perfection in the gift of Jesus, there's an old-fashioned altar. You can talk to me after church. You can call me when you leave this place. We can talk about that perfect gift. If you want to have the perfect gift, that has the greatest value that you've ever seen, 
It's something that you never get tired of. It's something that you cling on to when times get tough. But I've never got a gift that when I was sitting there sobbing at home, I could grab onto. And it gives me peace. I've never had anything that I could talk about with my friends and it just covers me up. It gives me all the power in the world. It makes a sick person feel well. I praise the Lord. Other than Jesus. Right. If you don't have Jesus today, He's the greatest gift. Yes, sir. He's the greatest gift. It's free. It's laid out. I, I, you know, if we could literally see the gift of Jesus, it would be all over us everywhere. Today, you can accept that gift. Yes, As we stand, what page you got? Page 81 this morning. Do you have the 